Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You're listening to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 32. Just a reminder, you can find my shows and notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office365 or at podnuts.com slash ctg. And just a reminder that Podnuts also has a new website up. I think I mentioned it a couple shows ago. Not sure, but it's got all the fancy new bells and whistles, and it's all fancy and pretty, so check it out. If you are uh, listening to the downloads, go give it a peek, because then you can see all the other uh, shows that are listed there as well. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, and that's youtube.com slash callthatgirl. So this show is about Microsoft Outlook, Office 365, exchange migrations, and other technically entertaining stories I share from the past week or so. Just remember, if you need help learning Office 365, you can hire me, and I am by the project or our. And uh, I also give tech discounts. So you can email me, lisa at callthatgirl.biz. Oh my gosh, people, I gotta tell you, I'm so exhausted from this last month and this week. I am super tired. I, um... took, uh, this is holiday weekend, actually, it's January 3rd today, 2016, happy new year, everybody. So, uh, as, as last month ended, I was like perfectly closed all the books and I was like, man, I got three days off. And I was like, I'm all prepared to do the closing of the books officially and make all my new stuff and clean my computers up and just do, you know, lessons learned from 2015 and what to change in 16 and taking all the notes from my, you know, just the little things I had. But really, uh, Friday, uh, New Year's Day was kind of like the day I actually did all this computer work to clean up stuff and fix things. And then Saturday morning just smoked. I had four appointments booked, and I'll talk about two of them today in the, in the stories. But it just was, I mean, 9 a.m. to 6 yesterday. I had a very, very nice uh, sales day, and I don't think I would have worked so hard on Saturday because I didn't have to do those appointments yesterday, today, Sunday, Um, but I didn't have any bookings on Monday, and it's the first week of the new year, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. I must just do all the work today, so I didn't have like this great three-day weekend I was hoping for, (laughs) and last night when I got done with work, I was so tired that I literally just sat on the couch and was like a zombie and just kind of was, there was nothing on TV and I was like, oh, I'm just going to watch Dateline and this one was bad. So I ended up pulling out the laptop and I'm like, oh, I think I was just so wound up. I couldn't even figure out what to do with myself. And then this morning I woke up and I had two of the jobs from yesterday. I had to clean up today and uh, get those done. And then my show and I'm like, finally I get some time free and now I don't want to do anything. (laughs) But when it rains, it pours, you got to work, right? All right, well, this week I don't have a topic. I did have a topic, but I'm not going to do the topic. I'm going to save it for later. Um, migration's gone wild, which I've done before. But I want to cover the top 10 uh, migrations. But I'm going to save that for just a show on its own because I actually would like to really fine-tune that just for learning purposes as well because <laughs> there's a lot of them. But before we get going, I want to thank my um, sponsor, AppRiver. 
and they are email and web security specialists. They offer phenomenal Office 365 sales and support. I've been using them for almost three years now. And if your company, your tech support company, is looking into being a reseller or a partner, my preferred um, support is to always use a vendor for anything I do, pretty much. And they have the reseller plan, which you can do your own pricing, sell your own products, or you can be a partner like myself and just earn a commission off each sale. If you want to talk to my rep, Steve Harris, you can email him at sharris at appriver.com. Okay, let's go see my notes here. So uh, I think I told you guys last show I did uh, go to a podcasters meetup. And, I, you know, I had a few takeaways there that I, that I went through last night while I was watching Dateline. And I sat through and read all those notes. And kind of, uh, you know, a couple of the highlights for me was um, what am I not doing with the show that I should be doing? And so I'm kind of working on some new format stuff. Like I want to add more value to the show. So one thing I did last night was I invited about 10 people to be guests on the show. So the new format will have uh, myself talking in the beginning with the stories and the usual stuff I do. And then I'm going to take the second half of the show and have a guest, which is what I kind of did last year, but I kind of got off, you know, the game plan a little. But a lot of these guests I'm inviting have a different value add for you as the listener. And I want to make sure that um, for the, you know, people who have been listening to my show for a long time that you just don't get sick of listening to me rant or be, you know, happy about the work I did, but to learn. And so I'm looking forward to having this first quarter um, a business contact manager expert and trainer on. Um, one of my colleagues up in Washington I've been working with for about a year now. They have a lot of stories to tell and their services and what they do to help clients. And it's really something that we as technicians probably don't think about a lot, but our clients do use this product. So I think um, having um, their, uh, there's a two-part team there, but we'll see if both can come on. But anyway, their stories are going to be very, very valuable. So you learn more of their services. And I'm looking at getting on some other um, technicians like us, you know, that do large-scale migrations. Office 365, I got a Google Apps guy coming on, uh, a little different than past guests I've had for the work he does. And I'm also looking at getting uh, a couple of people I found on Twitter, actually. One is a SharePoint expert, which I don't know if I'm going to get him, but I'm going to try because one of the things I learned in the podcast meetup was to just outreach to people and see if they say yes, which they might. But I'd really like to get someone in that knows SharePoint really well to kind of explain it and how we can sell it and service it. And, of course, that OneNote and OneDrive and kind of all the Office 365 suite packages, um, uh, packages and everything that they sell. I also have a Word and Excel expert, which I just love this team of people I work with. Um, I'll explain that to you later. But, you know, you wouldn't think, do I need a Microsoft Word expert? in my list of referrals and sometimes you do because clients sometimes need some serious word expert level work and I don't do that so it's nice to know who these people are and uh, let's see who else well I think that's it for now but so we'll be having some guests come on this quarter and we'll see how that goes um, now on to some of the jobs I did this week and that migration was <laughs> we talked about last week is still pending. 
So I'll be probably doing that this week, I hope, and I can actually, you know, document it up and talk about it next week. We're still waiting on that DNS, that famous DNS, chasing the DNS. But I wanted to let you folks know that we're still waiting. And then on Christmas, I think I talked about this last week, um, I did that uh, Christmas migration when the, the guy went to Google and then he had to come back over and uh, I did finish his follow-up on Wednesday, I think, this last week. And we only spent about 10, 15 minutes because I did a really good job. He just had some fine-tuning questions, which just to let you know, when you do a migration, uh, what I tend to try to do is, is tell the clients, look, I'm going to do all this work, but then you have to play with it for a while. You find what you want fixed, then we'll do an aftercare appointment. And if you do a good job at your fine tuning, there should be very few questions. Um, and this client just had a few, but uh, mostly he had some missing emails. Well, the problem is, is that, you know, he's got email from 2005 and I haven't helped him since 2005. So organizing all those mails, inbox and sent and everything, um, I went through and did all that for him as a special holiday gift. Normally, my migrations don't include year-by-year -year organization of the files. That's special work. But because his was such a mess that <laughs> I offered to do it. It was Christmas Day, and I could take my time, you know, so it was a nice job. But but uh, we did get that done, and uh, with, the, with a few emails missing, but I told him that I couldn't go through every single folder and find that because it already took me long enough. But uh, he was very happy with the job. Well done. And that was the one that I wanted to kiss the computer because I was so proud of it. <laughs> it was really good. And then at the towards the end of the week, uh, last week, which was, you know, you think holiday week is going to be slow. But for me, I just, the, the universe was singing my praises because I just got a lot of year-end sales that came in that I've been kind of, some of them I was waiting on. So last October, I did, well, I think... I did a proposal for a company, three, three people, real small, but they needed full on exchange. They needed a uh, backup. They needed data transfer. They were getting all new computers. And I literally, you know, spent a half hour with them for free. You know, this is when I shouldn't have maybe done this, but I just tried following up with them and they didn't want to do anything. And so they ended up I think I talked about this on a past show, actually. They ended up doing their migration for exchange through Comcast, which is what I told them not to do. Because <laughs> I remember them telling me that, and I said, let me do the exchange. So they kind of got, you know, the exchange set up with Comcast, but they didn't get any of the migration work done. So I told them, you know, at this point, I'm going to just quote you my migration price because it's still a full migration in my book. Because I still had to do all the work. So they called me on Thursday and said, yes. Well, actually, sorry, before Thursday. They called me and said, yes, we want you to do all that work. I said, let's schedule out Thursday for that. And normally what I do is schedule out a good three hours for, you know, three people. And then sometimes during the day you have to just babysit stuff. And so I generally just stay in the computers all day and just watch this thing synchronize and things like that. But, uh, you know, I think the problem I found with that job was is that I just didn't close the deal good enough. Then they end up going on their own and going astray, you know. So I'm really going to work on my sales this year to kind of get, uh, you know, let's schedule a time to call back. And I just know that in our day-to-day -day we get so busy and I'm like, 
I just kind of, oops, my phone's ringing. Um, I just kind of feel like, yeah, I, I did, I did my best and they chose not to listen, but I could have challenged them back one more time. And I did one more time, but maybe a little harder because I just kind of felt like I, I left them and I wasn't really anybody's fault, but, um, well, I guess, anyway, I'm just telling the story that I just felt I should have checked back again. Oh, there we go again. Okay. So anyway, um, so then I had New Year's Day, which was, you know, nice and lovely, no calls. And then I did take a couple appointments for Saturday. And one of the, how do I even explain it? So the first client said, I converted... Um, from Windows XP, Outlook Express, sorry, <laughs> I don't know how to shop my phone right now, I'm too busy. Okay, so they converted from XP, Outlook Express, to Windows 7, and the, the, the client said he's missing a bunch of the files. The, the email folders are there, but the files are missing, or they're corrupted. And I said, okay, well... Let me remote in and see what's going on here because I'm not sure. But I said, look, either way, I'm going to charge you for doing this. And I did all the expectations right. And it turns out that the tech he had hired to do the migration set up everything in Windows Live Mail. Now, to me, a business person shouldn't be using that if they're, you know, but I mean, he didn't really know. He was using Outlook Express and the tech did what he was, what the tech, you know, was hired to do is, is migrated to another free email program. And when I got in there, I started looking at the files and I was like, yeah, I think if we import them into Outlook, the corruption will be gone because it was really Outlook Express upgrades really nice to Outlook, you know. And he goes, okay, so let's do it. So we tried to buy Outlook 2016. <laughs> and because he was on Outlook, to, or he had Office 2013, it wouldn't play nice. So we had to upgrade him to, excuse me, we'd upgrade the whole Office suite to 2016, which he was fine with. Um, instead of dilly-dallying around, we just got him on the new stuff. Okay, so then we got Outlook open, and I actually... Tried to do a full-on import from Windows Live Mail to Exchange, which is not really Exchange, but when you open it up in Outlook 2016, it considers it Exchange. And all the folders came in, but none of the emails. So I was like, oh, this is not good. I've had this problem in the past. And basically, because of the corruption that was already on Windows Live Mail, you had to do it by folder groups. So in Windows Live Mail, you go up to the top and you go to export, okay? And you can export to an exchange file in Outlook. And then you actually have a choice of picking every single folder, which is what I did the first time. That failed. So then you can go to select folders. And now in Windows Live Mail, you can actually grab and use your control button and grab more than one folder, which is cool. But I tried that with failure. <laughs> so... Unfortunately, we had to do it by groups, and this guy had mm, probably two to three hundred folders. It was pretty serious, and so we would do a group, and then we would put it in Outlook, and there'd be nothing. Or here's the worst part: Windows Live Mail would crash, and because to me it's really not 
you know, I don't know. I don't really consider it a, a program I like. I didn't know how to fix that. I was just trying to get the mail over. So what would happen is we would do an export. It would work. We would try it again. Windows Live Mail would crash. So then we'd close out Windows Live Mail and try another export. And we did this for probably an hour and a half solid. And we got the most of the important emails that he was looking for. Uh, he was looking for some legal stuff and things like that, that he wanted to see the data, which we got in Outlook and he could see it. But some of the data didn't transfer. But, you know, at that point, uh, I was like, okay, let's take a break because I'd been working with him since 9 a.m. And it was like 2 o'clock. And I, although it was only a two-hour billable call, I was still with him for five hours. And I was like, okay, I got to move on to the next job because earlier – uh, when I was helping him, I actually helped two other clients that actually had appointments. Like I took his call at nine. I didn't realize it was going to be, you know, <laughs> this much work. And sometimes you don't know what you're going to get into. So I just was winging it. But anyway, that morning, yesterday morning, I took a call from a guy that said, look, I am glad you answered the phone and I have some problems. We did a migration, but the company uh, just kind of didn't do the email migration part. They just set up the email accounts and I'm like, what, what, what kind of company would do that? You know? And he said, I don't know, but all of our mail is all messed up and there's six computers. And I said, okay, well thinking I was going to be done with first client, I would have time. And I said, well, this is going to be easily a one to four hour job for me just to even, you know, might even go longer. I don't know. But since I had that afternoon free and I was already working like a dog, I was like, well, let's just, you know, do a, a migration of sorts. And, and I think the problem was if he would have called me during the week, um, I think I would have done the, the sales call differently. <laughs> I have to say, I think I was kind of on the edge of not being greedy. But again, I took the job not knowing could have been something simple. You know, I don't know. But, um, so I ended up promoting into the first computer. I figured out what happened. They were on a local exchange server and they moved to an IMAP with another company. And I was like, this is really strange. I go, why would somebody move you off exchange to IMAP? And just to me, it was like going backwards in time, but the client didn't have the answers. And again, like I said, I felt kind of rushed doing this, but I basically did the work he wanted. I exported the mail out of the exchange. I saved a backup and then I imported into the new IMAP. And for the most part, I got six, uh, six or so computers done in four hours. Uh, there were some snags because of course, two of the computers had Outlook 2007, <laughs> which the only real big snags were some of these people had 10 gigs of email on that exchange server, which I can't believe didn't give their, you know, computer a complete breakdown, but you know, you're not moving 10 gigs of email to an IMAP server on Outlook 2007. Just heads up. That is a recipe for disaster. It just doesn't work. Okay. So I had some snags here and there and, and really this, this was not a professional grade migration by any means. I did what the client wanted though. I did get the data and uh, if I couldn't put it up on the IMAP because the computer or Outlook was going to restrict me, I made a nice, you know, PST folder there. And, um, you know, overall, uh, the client, um, you know, I know 
I set the expectations correctly of what I could do and my hourly rate. And when we closed yesterday at six, because I wasn't in, it was from two to six, I wasn't in all the computers for the full four, four hours. So I told them, well, look, let's follow up tomorrow morning. I'll give you some more time on the four hour ticket you bought and we'll see how far we get. And you know what? He was cool with that. Then this morning I call him and he says, oh no, we have a lot of problems. And I'm like, what? And then I noticed that he had uh, changed some of my settings and it kind of undid all the work I did. And I was like, oh, what did I forget to tell this fella? You know, um, I think I forgot something because he changed up a lot of stuff. And maybe just because of the chaos of it not being just regularly managed. I don't know. But he'd end up turning off all the folders for his IMAP. <laughs> so all of his email was missing. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I said, well, you got five other computers. Let's make sure those are okay. And you have about a half hour left of the four-hour ticket. He was like, okay. So two of the computers, Outlook 2007, actually got upgraded to 2010, which makes it nice because then my work I did, actually, I can move the folders around on the left and make it more, you know, aesthetically pleasing. So the real inbox is at the top. Outlook 2007, you can't do that unless you can figure out, excuse me. Well, I don't know if you can do it. I tried it yesterday. Um, the PST profiles are pretty tight in 2007. You know, they don't have uh, the regular OST file for IMAP and all that stuff. But so anyway, the client and I closed this job, which I was happy about with me managing this one right. I said, okay, we're at the four hours. The project, this four hour project is complete. If you need me moving ahead, I'm glad to help. But we have to either bill by the hour or we have to bill a four hour ticket. And then you have time left on for other things. And I said, and just to let you know, that I'm 139 per hour minimum. So if that's a five minute question, that's 139. And he goes, you know, that's a really smart business model you have. And I'm like, well, it actually, you know what? It makes sense to me to, to like that and to be firm about it because he, he said, you know, I like working with you. And I'm like, that's the point. When we're in tech support, we want to help the clients so they build that relationship with us so they'll keep calling us back. And that then makes more sales for us. I mean, we're in the sales business, right? But we're also in tech support. So to me, I kind of firmed out that for 2016, it's it's 139 for a five-minute call, and there's no credit. I don't want to have to manage these minutes of credits anymore. To me, that's not worth it. And so that kind of encourages people to buy a prepaid ticket, which I explained to him, and he totally understood it. He goes, yeah, that's smart, because then you get a 15-minute call, for just 30 bucks, $32, I think it is actually. So anyway, those were the two big jobs over the weekend. And I handled uh, another job yesterday in between them all. <laughs> I know it was, it was a pretty scary day, but I think when, when, when the, when the work comes, the money comes, you got to take it. Cause you never know how the next week is going to be. And you never know how the stuff's going to be. And unless you're a strict nine to five person that doesn't, uh, you know, that you've got, or maybe you've got retainer clients and MSP stuff. It maybe doesn't matter so much, but when you're like a lot of us out there just working hard, you got to take it when it comes. All right. Um, let me look at my notes. I did have an awesome client that, uh, 
after I worked with my business coach, like I said to you guys last show, I'm going to sometimes say things. Um, I, I did this one right. I, I sent out, he requested a new appointment and I, cause I use that online scheduling system and I sent out a note after that came in that said, Hey, you know, if you're interested before you book the appointment, I do sell four hour tickets and I do have a computer help desk. And the client actually replied back and said, I'm going to buy the four hours. So to me, just adding in that little, little bonus text content, you know, before you book the appointment, we can make this a prepay and that sold. And when I talked to him on the phone, he actually owns a software company with 28 people. And it was, it was a fun job I did for him. His, uh, Basically, he had on his Mac an exchange account and a regular email account. And his contacts were not in the exchange. And so it was pretty much just an hour job. I migrated the contacts from the local Mac to the exchange. And um, what had happened is that he hadn't put in the password for the exchange account. So the exchange wasn't updating. So we had to do some figuring out of that first. But once I got it figured out, they moved over real nicely and all the stuff he wanted. But but he was awesome. He was telling me some things during that hour about businesses and the value of our time and um, what they look for when they, you know, when a bigger company, which they're 28 people, it's not huge, but, you know, when they go looking for things, what they want. And he said that my business model for them was set up because I'd be a vendor for them. He said it was perfect, you know, and, and they, and he told me like, you need to, uh, excuse me, um, work on those kind of client sales, you know, and I was telling him about my, you know, how I was leaving the $49 fixes and 69 and he completely agreed that, you know, when you, when you pitch what I did to him, they see the value of it. And so I'm definitely gonna be working on that more, but the better thing was, at the end, I said, I know you guys have servers, but who does your computer backups for your documents and stuff like that? And he goes, you know, I, I got to check on that. And I was like, yeah, a lot of people think that they have everything backed up to servers, but that's not always the case. You know, a lot of files are still on the computer itself. So that charged him up to just, you know, just to go look into that for the computer, for his team. And I said, well, who does your remote support for just Windows stuff? And he was like, nobody. So I was like, well, okay. Now this leads me into maybe they should buy my you know, help desk computer service plan. So I kind of just spent a few minutes explaining that to him. And he was like, I think we could definitely uh, like that kind of program. And you know what? It's it's uh, a simple, It's I was told you guys the last few shows, it's with my white label partner. It uh, covers the online backup. Uh, computer remote support outside of Outlook and Office, and the and the managed services, the antivirus and stuff like that. So I got my pricing down. Um, I got my pricing down to I can do multiple computers for a discounted rate. So uh, he liked that idea, and to a small business of twenty eight people, it's really affordable to get that kind of uh, service for a whole year. So I was really proud of myself for that and to start thinking of how to sell to each client with all the different things I sell, which there's a lot, but to me, it's a lot to offer, but you got to get out to them somehow. And I don't want to pitch somebody every single thing the first minute they call. <laughs> so you're not going to get any sales, I don't think. But, 
And then I did sell another computer help desk service plan to another Outlook client. So that'll be 12 computers. So I'm really kind of interested in seeing how this new plan works for me. I used to call it, uh, last year we called it something else. This year I'm calling it the computer help desk service plan or help desk service plan. I got to make, I got to give it a good title, but, um, the thing is, for a lot of the work I do, you know, you guys are doing that stuff. You know, that's what your jobs are, is to sell those things and to give those people support. But I just kind of feel like, you know, I have to offer it to everybody. That's good. Mm, that phone keeps ringing. Sorry, gang. Okay. So back to my stories. Let's see. Um, hmm. I'm still working on that migration that... I know I talked about in the last show, it was the Gmail to exchange that I did. Uh, basically, I think we got that finished up on Thursday before New Year's. And tomorrow we do the aftercare. Now, the aftercare is going to be a little bit more work. <laughs> and the, and uh, the, the clients have to do the still, the big switch over. Uh, I got all the accounts and everything set up. But we just have to actually do the official cutover of the DNS and the forwarding of the two accounts. Remember, they had the .NET and the .com. Hope you remember anyway. I, too, get confused on all my stories. <laughs> but I'm excited for that one because that one took me about four days to do. I worked with uh, eight people, all remoted in, all just trying to figure out stuff. And uh, the owner, the best part about that migration was I completely set the tone for that right away. Like what you have going on is not standard. And he was like, I absolutely know that. So the good thing was, is that every time I had something that didn't go normal, I communicated that with him. I emailed him or I called him and said, Hey, uh, this just happened. I just want to let you know because it's not something bad. It's just something crazy. And he always appreciated that I was in touch with him. So, you know, if you ever think of, um, maybe in your business, you get clients that say, well, I used to work with somebody, but they wouldn't get back to me. Or I used to work with somebody and they're too busy. And those are the big two things that make a client go running is they didn't get back to me or they're too busy. And that hiring a tech that's too busy to manage things well is not a good sign of success in my opinion. And I, I don't know, I'm kind of learning that in managing my jobs, you know. So I fully felt on Thursday, I said, look, we're done for the weekend because everybody was off work. I will talk to you on Monday. We will fine-tune everything, and you're in good hands. And that, to me, closed it off so I didn't have to worry over the weekend. And I got no calls. So I was very happy. And that also relieves me of the client calling back and, and you know, feeling stressed and knowing that things aren't taken care of when they will be. All right. Oh, man, you guys. I am just so beat. So beat. It was such a crazy weekend. I think I just have one more here, and then we might wrap it up, you guys. Um, let's see. I put down here. Oh, and I did have an hour-long call with a, my final job. <laughs> I had an hour-long call with the fella who I was helping with just some usual organization of Outlook stuff. And uh, I did not pitch my prepaid ticket in the beginning. I did at the end say, well, look, here's, you know, um, 
here's just, you know, what I do. And so if you want to, I can switch this ticket to a prepay and explain to him the value of it. And he goes, well, see, this is what happened is I got the job all done after an hour and you know, I was like, good to go. And usually I would just, you know, sell my ticket and whatever, but I tried those little words when he said he needs to think it over. And I laughed, I go, so what do you need to think about? <laughs> and, and he was laughing. He was like, well, he goes, I guess I need to just think about how much I'm going to need it. And I said, okay, cool. And then I, I, because we had, we had a good session. It was fun. I told him about the whole business coach thing and, and he uh, laughed and I was like, well, that's what my business coach would tell me is, you know, what you need to think about. <laughs> he goes, you know, Lisa, I really don't even need to think about it, but I do want to think about it. And I want to look at your list. And I was like, hey, you know what? I'm just laughingly saying this because he already told me that he needs my help in the next six months with his growing company. So I was like, well, what do you need to think about? You already just gave me three jobs you want me to do. And you know what? He emailed me back uh, the next morning and said, you're right. I want the prepaid ticket and just uh, charge my card. So to me, that was a nice little, I learned from it. And, and I got to do some of the jokes, like talking about the business coach, which I don't do with all the clients, trust me. But, you know, I took that as a lead in. Like he already said he needed me because I was asking him questions. What do you need help with in the future? So maybe next time I'll say, well, because you need these things in the future, let's move you to a support ticket now. I mean, most of the clients that we work with, you know, I mean, they have a business they need to spend the money on good support. And um, so that was like my end of show clincher. And I was very happy about that. And to those that listen, you hear me talk about the prepaid tickets a lot. And to me, it's not the money of the prepay. It's I like the fast work, too. And I say, too, because without my prepaid ticket clients, I would do one hour jobs, one to two, three hour jobs. And then, you know, I don't have a prepaid ticket people. And those are like the little fillers that keep me busy, that keep me feeling like I'm running the help desk company for all look that I like doing. So I don't want everybody just to think, you know, oh, she just always wants those prepaid tickets. So those actually have a lot of value for me and for the client. All right, you guys, I think that's the show. It's uh, not too short here, but uh, short enough. For a little holiday after, after, uh, to, well, actually it's 2016, so the holidays are over. I just kind of feel like it won't start till tomorrow, I guess. But um, anyway, if you guys are interested in hiring me to help you with Outlook or Office 365, you can uh, email me or call me. You can call me at 612-865-4475. You can email me, Lisa, at callthatgirl.biz. Uh, reminder, you can go to my show notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office365. And you can also purchase my ebooks if you're interested. I sell six of them. You can check them out at callthatgirl.biz slash publications and uh, has a $49 deal for all six of them. Lots of little golden nuggets in there. Uh, every book has a little piece you should be able to take from it or just learn from in general. If you're not doing remote support, there's two books in there with that. Anyway, so that's it, folks, and this has been a Podnuts production, audio supported by Mitch Hammond. Thanks again to our sponsor, AppRiver. 
Be sure to check out other PodNuts podcasts, the PodNuts Daily Show, Android Apps Addicts, Linux for the Rest of Us, and the Geeksters. That's it. Take care, folks, and thank you for downloading the Call That Girl's Office 365 show. Thanks.